0: Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, and I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related. Curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you want to hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey, hello, friends. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Egg with Miss Wedger. Hey, if you could do me a favor, and if this is a podcast that you listen to regularly, if you could um, rate this podcast and also leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. That way, other people can find this podcast easier. Um It's just helpful for me to get feedback as well. Um, If you have any like specific feedback, just sending me a DM on Instagram or an email at agwithmisswedger at gmail.com is super helpful and helps kind of guide me in what you guys want. Um, So I would greatly appreciate that. I am here today uh, doing an episode on something that I've been thinking about for almost a year and it's almost the end of 2019 and so I decided that I better um, get this out into the world before it doesn't happen so I am talking about maternity leave today and talking about my experiences Um, I have two kiddos so I've been on maternity leave twice uh, my experiences with it, what I um, kind of pointers tips and tricks on things that you should or shouldn't do um, and it is all my own experiences, so it might be different in your state uh, it might be different in your school district, but hopefully this will just provide you with a little bit more information and kind of help guide you um, the maternity leave world is interesting and I felt like there was so much that I did not know about it when I started, um, when I started kind of trying to dig in and figure out what do I need to know, what do I need to leave, all that good stuff. So the first thing that I'm going to start with is just letting your administration know, um, and it is really your own, uh, judgment call as far as when you let them know, um, that you are pregnant. I let our administration know um, when I was about, I think, 14 weeks pregnant with both of my babies, Um, I get really, really sick in my first trimester, Um, and so it was important for me to let my admin know that I was just dealing with the um, all-day sickness, (laughs) Uh, and that, that is why I had some absences and other things like that. Um, so it's really up to you and what you're comfortable with. I would say that, um, it's not always the case, but the sooner you let them know, the sooner you can start looking for a sub. Um, but I wouldn't feel any pressure to let them know until maybe, you know, three or four months in, um, after you're kind of in the, in the clear of that first trimester and looking to the second and third trimester. So Um, I was really just straightforward with it. Um, I met in person with my principal and just let him know that I was expecting. Uh, and he was really great at, um, asking if I wanted to share with staff, how I wanted to do all that. Um, and so that was a, a really easy, smooth experience with, um, both of my kiddos. I had the same principal both times. So, um, easy and fun and exciting, um, and <laughs> also very very sick, <laughs> um, but was I mean I think it was a very good experience both times in letting my administration know. Um, so after you do that, then it's kind of looking at the planning and finding a sub, um, and really, unfortunately, finding a sub is kind is difficult. <laughs> for agriculture teachers because we teach very unique content that not everyone can just come come in to our classrooms and jump in and and take over. Um, Some of us are teaching uh, agriculture mechanics classes, welding, um, woodworking, small engines. Um, Some of us have greenhouses to take care of. Um, school farms and so obviously that is not (laughs) not easy for just any substitute teacher to come in and take over Um, I do not have any of those so I do not teach any mechanics classes I do not have a greenhouse and I do not have a school farm Um, but I still was looking for or hoping to find um, a long term sub that had some um, ag ed experience and was comfortable with the content. Um, I was a little bit hesitant about someone coming in and teaching the content in a way that maybe was not truthful, um, especially when it comes to animal science or like practices within agriculture. And so that was one of the things that I was like, I want to make sure that it's someone that's like familiar with agriculture and the content. Um, and so My uh, principal took care of like posting the job and stuff, but I I still did uh, work to try and find a sub that I felt was suitable for the position. Um, So a couple of things to think about is to send out like an email to, or like an all call to your, um, just to the the agriculture teachers within your state. or maybe if you want to do a little bit smaller, like either your region or your district, uh, and ask them if they have any suggestions um, or recommendations for long-term subs uh, and kind of give them a timeline of when you think you're going to be out and that whole whole deal. Um, What classes you you will be teaching is also helpful so you can see if someone can fit in and teach those classes at that time. We had I had done a little bit of asking other teachers within our region and I had found out that there was um, a Not retired but a a Agriculture teacher who had left um, the teaching profession to be a stay-at-home mom but that uh, had done a long-term subbing position prior Um, It didn't work out, but those are things that are out there, you know, maybe it is an agriculture teacher that is no longer teaching but maybe has the flexibility to come into your classroom for a a few months and um, do long-term subbing. Um, Another thing is to call your or email your local universities and see um, depending on what time or when you're having your baby um, to see who might be like an early grad or a December grad, um, maybe someone who has not got a job for the next year Um, I had both my babies in the spring. And so I had this last, my daughter, when she was born, um, I had talked to both the University of Minnesota and um, University of Wisconsin River Falls to see if they had any December grads who would be interested in doing long-term subbing. (laughs) Um, And... uh, the U of M did not, however, um, River Falls did have two that were um, winter grads, however, they had already taken uh, long term sub positions. So, something to think about. Um, obviously, the sooner you know them, the sooner you're able to um, kind of let them know that is good. <laughs> Um, so talking to local universities. And then the last one that I have for finding a sub is talking to your alumni or your advisory committee. Um, and just seeing if there's any, anyone in the community who maybe would be able to fill in. Now I know that's not always the easiest and there it can be some um, hoops to jump through as far as like licensure and stuff like that. But if you have any community experts that can come in and help, sometimes that can be um, a blessing. So stuff to think about, stuff to kind of, um, to kind of poke around. I had a, um, community member the first time who was licensed to long, or was licensed to sub. Um, and so he was my long-term sub the first time for my first baby. And my second, um, kiddo, I had a, um, recent, um, U of M grad who was able to, she went and did her um, post back. so she was getting her master's in agriculture education and so she was able to come into the classroom um, and was a really, really great fit uh, for, for the classes that I was teaching. So those are kind of my ideas for finding a sub. Like I said, you're, you'll have to work with your admin because they're gonna probably have to do like the administration work of it. But if you can help them and say, hey, I have this candidate that I think is great, um, or I have this person that I think would fit in well, or be able to teach these classes, uh, I think that can be really helpful for both you and your admin. And oftentimes, admin are not quite sure like what to do in that position, um, at least with what I experienced, was that they wasn't quite sure um, how to approach the situation and how to find a qualified candidate. So... Um, the next thing is planning. So figuring out your sub, um, now you had to figure out what to leave for them. So a couple of things to think about. The first thing is to, again, chat with your, um, administration and see what they require for you to leave. Um, they may have very like specific things, uh, or it might be more open and more big. I experienced the more open and more bag, which was all right, um, It was very much that I should leave enough for the sub to be able to know what they're doing. (laughs) Which is open to um, interpretation, I would say. So it's helpful if you know who's going to be your sub, obviously. Because if you're able to chat with them and see what they're comfortable doing and what they're not comfortable doing, um, you can leave stuff based on on them and what they can do um, so if you have like a retired agric- agriculture teacher coming in you probably will have to leave less stuff than if you have an english teacher like a maybe not even an english teacher maybe uh just someone who has their substitute license and has worked for the city their whole life that you're going to leave different stuff for both of those people um, so if you know who you're going to ha- going to have um, then you can determine how much you're going to leave for them. If you do not know who you are going to have, um, you don't you don't know who your sub is. Maybe they can't find someone yet. Um, then I would say to go to the the far end of leave as much as you can, so they are prepared as they can be. Um, I have a friend who is actually going to do this podcast with, but she is currently um, she's got a baby new baby so she's not here um but she experienced the we don't know who your long-term subs going to be prepare as if you would have a different substitute teacher in your classroom each and every day and so that's kind of a scary thing to plan for as well um but that is a good way to kind of think about it if you're not sure who your sub is gonna be or if they have not secured someone for your position. Um, So what made most sense in my head is to just print off a calendar of how long I was going to be um, gone for and then fill in each day for each class that I taught. Um, And so I would say like today in plant science, we are doing the photosynthesis lab The next day, we're we're like, we're gonna do photosynthesis notes. The next day, or next two days, we're gonna do lab. And so I filled in the calendar like that. So I had a visual of this okay, this is what the sub is gonna do this day, this day, this day. Um, But then also, the sub had something that was really easy to follow along with. Um, I put all of my files on a jump drive or USB drive so that they had access to it and they could use it on their computer, whatever computer they were provided. Um, And I kept it in my desk drawer. So once I got everything like all sorted out and situated um, and like lined up with the calendar that I had lined up, I downloaded it all onto that USB drive and then put it in my desk drawer with a note on it that said like, this is for the long-term sub. Um, That way, if I had to leave early or unexpectedly, um, that anyone who went in my classroom, I could say, you need to go in this drawer and you'll be able to find it. Um, I did on that calendar, I think put in like two or three kind of, um, open work days. And so that provided the sub with some time to kind of make decisions of, okay, this is taking longer than what we thought. Um, we're going to kind of push this back. And so, um you know you never know with the, the kids that you have in class or um, you know just even a different teacher how content can maybe take a little bit longer um, and so I want to pro- wanted to provide kind of those buffer times. I did have like an alternate assignment, so if you are on schedule and you don 't need this day, I still want students to complete a current events um, and I actually the current events sheet that I have students fill out is actually on my teacher pre teachers. Um, I have one that's for free and then one that's a more advanced one for 99 cents. So those were great um, just to leave in there as if you need something to fill in a day, um, you're ahead of schedule, have students do these, chat about them, whatever else. Um, and I thought that was a really great way to provide the time if needed, but also keep the content relevant and moving if they do not need the time. So. That is what I did as far as planning. Um, The first sub that I did, I I did a lot more of like, here's what you're going to do every single day. uh, Because he did not have an agricultural background. The second sub had more of an ag background. And so I said, um, you know, days that I had like completely, I had like a really good plan or a really good lesson that I wanted them to do. I put those in. But then other days, um, I left it that I just want you to cover something about forestry for this week. And allowed her to um, use her professional judgment in creating content um, or providing content. And I had different things that she could choose from, um, but really let her use her, um, her knowledge as an educator to fill in with what she thought was necessary and relevant for the students. So that is kind of... What I have for planning. Um, I did go through and like my classroom and try and label as much as I could as well, um, just so that it was easier for whoever the sub was to come in. Um, I tried to leave notes in different areas of my classroom so that they had, um, and whoever was in there kind of had an idea of what needed to be done or what needed to be taken care of. I didn't have any classroom pets at the time, so that was helpful. Um, and I didn't have any of the like larger equipment that I have now, um, grill carts or the floral fridge or anything like that. So, um, not a whole lot of directions as far as that stuff goes, but that might be something that you want to think about as well. Um, does your floral fridge need to be unplugged when there's no flowers in it? Does your, um, grill carts need to be watered every day or whatever else? Uh, The other thing with planning is I gave, like, certain students, like my students who are, like, TAs or um, my teacher assistants, I gave them, like, specific jobs. Like, you need to water the, like, your job while I'm gone is to water the plants every day. Your job while I'm gone is to make sure the floors are swept every day. Um, And so leaning on them a little bit more, I think, is helpful when you're thinking about maternity leave and trying to take some of the stress off of yourself um, with all of the planning, (laughs) um, which kind of brings me to the next part of planning, which is FFA. Um, and this can be a difficult one, um, and kind of a sticky, um, can get kind of sticky at some points. So with FFA, it would be important to chat with your administration and see if you are getting paid for the time that you're gone on maternity leave or not. And then I think that helps guide your decisions as far as what you are going to do. Um, So if you are getting paid while you are on maternity leave, then I think it's important to kind of set up a plan of what's going to happen while you're gone um, and decide like if you're going to come in, what days you're going to come in. Um, It's really important that you also chat with your um, HR and union at this point, just to make sure that you are not crossing any boundaries. Um, our school district, I believe the, um, verbiage is something along the lines of like, you're not getting paid, so you're not necessarily allowed on school property, um, I went in a couple of times while I was on maternity leave, and I'll chat about that in a second, Um, and I wasn't, like, escorted off the property, but um, you are not getting paid for your time there, therefore, you should not be on school property, so... Talk to your union, talk to your HR department, and just kind of see what they say. Some school districts are probably going to be more lax. Some are going to be more strict with it. And so just make sure that you know what your district um, and your school expects of you. Uh, but if you are getting paid, um, you want to figure out, and this is my own opinion, but go in as minimal as you can. Um, it's not gonna, You're not going to be on maternity leave forever, um, I would assume it's probably about three months or so that you decide to be on maternity leave. And so I would say maybe you're going to go in for your three monthly meetings and you're going to figure out how to do like, like let's say maybe you have officer meetings and they still want to hold those. Maybe you're going to do it via FaceTime or Zoom call um, and you're going to do those virtually. Um, so really kind of figure out what you what is the minimal amount that you can be in and do that. <laughs> um, if you are not a lot, like if you're not getting paid for FFA while you're on maternity leave, then um, you'll want to set up some other things. So find if there is like another teacher in your school that would be willing to help you out. Um, I There was a chemistry teacher that helped me um, get my students to state convention um, that were competing. And so she was the one who... Uh, like collected all the field trip forms and got them on the bus and got them to a state convention and to their spots and everything like that um, so they could compete. So think about if there's another teacher that will help you out for a couple of your events, or maybe there's a couple teachers and one can take one and one can take the other event, whatever it might be. Um, The other thing is to communicate with your officer team with your chapter um, if there's another teacher that you will have limited communication Um, and maybe you will be able to communicate with them more than you think you will but I think it's important to just set it up that you're going to be like available a very small amount of time and that they're going to have to kind of take charge and it is kind of a cool experience because it's not all the time that you can just be like, no, I'm not available, you're gonna have to figure it out on your own. So it is a good experience for your students to um, to take charge, to take over, to take on the responsibility um, while you are gone. So with my officer team, I just let them know um, that I would not be available. Um, very often in that if they did text me or if they did try and get a hold of me, then it might take a while for me to get back to them. Um, and so I just kind of set that precedence. We did have a big event for our um, FFA chapter. We do Egg Day. And the first year, I had the biology teacher take that over, and we had a really great group of students that knew what they were doing and had participated in the egg day before. And so he was just really kind of the liaison for that event um, and making sure that the kids, uh, that they were taking care of stuff appropriately. Obviously, he had to like file paperwork and whatever else through our office to get stuff done but was really great in working with the students to facilitate that event. Um, We communicated as far as my officer team in that event um, minimally I would send out an email and kind of let them know like hey I've heard from these vendors or I've heard from these volunteers that they're coming Um, give me an update on where you're at but other than that, it was um, it was quite limited until um, until the event happened. So think about what are all of the events for FFA that you're going to miss. Maybe it's just chapter meetings. Maybe you do have a bigger event that's happening, and then figure out who can fill in for you or who can take some of it off your plate. Um, I would really try and stress that, like, this is a really important time for you and your family and your new baby, and so you might miss egg day, or you might miss a big important event, but that's just one big important event event in the whole scheme of things, and you're probably going to have more or others, and you can make them better or whatever else the following year or whatever it might be. Um i know that sometimes community pressure can be um difficult (laughs) and can be hard to navigate again i have a friend who the expectation was that um our parents were still wondering how she was going to do ffa and if she was still going to host the cde invitational that they host every year um, and she ended up doing it, going in with like a two month old baby and, and doing it um, and saying that she wish she wa- wouldn't have or um, wishes that it would have been different or there wouldn't have been so much pressure on her. So thinking about what boundaries you can set and and I think I'm a huge one with boundaries, but I think it's really important that you let people know like I know that this event is really important to people and they really want to see it happen. But it's just, I can't make it happen this year and I'm sorry. Um, Or it's going to happen, but it's going to look a little bit different this year and that's okay. Um, And just really letting people know that you're prioritizing your family and your new little baby. Um, And really yourself, like you're going to have to prioritize yourself. You're going to be tired and you're going to be wanting to just spend time with that new baby. Um, and so, thinking about that and and what what is important to you, what ranks higher on your list of things? So for me, I always say like my family, my faith is first, and then my friends, and then my work. So how can I prioritize those or look at those things and make them make them work so um, the other thing that I think is important is to just remember to just kind of roll with it like it is gonna it's gonna be what it's gonna be and you can't control everything when you're gone um I have a really hard time with like the thought of someone else coming into my classroom and like making it their own um but at the end of the day like you're not there it's not the end of the world um the first time I didn't even get to clean up my classroom like at the end of the year so when I came back in September um my classroom was like kind of in a disarray but it was okay (laughs) it took me about a day to like get it all cleaned up and get it the way that I wanted to but it, it was okay like it was not the end of the world and I think that's something to think about um my I just said this in my last podcast episode but like my new mantra is, it's all good. Like, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And I think that's something that is important to think about is, like, how can I make this as easy on myself as possible? Um, and really be a little bit selfish because this is, like, a a time where you should, def- like, most definitely be selfish in your, like, choices that you make. Uh, another thing I was teaching floral design the second time and so i said that i would go pick up flowers and bring them in and in hindsight i should have really done a little bit more digging and figured out how to get some deliveries done for flowers so i did not have to go in because that was really stressful um I left my, um, daughter with a babysitter. I had to pay for the babysitter just so I could bring flowers in. Um, and so I think in the future, or if I were to have another baby, I would, um, most definitely try and figure out how can I get deliveries done for this, um, long-term sub the other thing is to think about alumni and advisory committee committee members who might be able to help you so let's say you have a school farm and you need someone to check in on it every day can you create some type of schedule um, for your two months or three months that you're out where someone is coming in and checking on um, the animals for your farm or someone's coming in and checking on the greenhouse Um, again you might call on other teachers to kind of help you out Um, Maybe there is a teacher in the school who really enjoys plants and would be willing to come out on their um, prep to quick check your greenhouse or whatever it might be. Um, So it's going to be a time where you have to lean on people, and I think that's okay. Um, And there's always time for you after you get back or before you go on maternity leave to, um, like, repay the favor. And so... (coughs) um, If people want to help, let them help um, would be my suggestion. And then I said this before, but I think it's really important to just talk with your HR and make sure you understand everything for your maternity leave. I really had no idea what I was getting myself into with my first maternity leave. I didn't understand the pay. Um, We had short-term disability, but I didn't understand how it was paid out. Um, And so it just left like a lot of questions and a lot of unknown and a lot of stress. Um, Where the second time I had um, Josie, I talked with HR. I still wasn't clear. Um, and was still like confused. So then I asked one of our union members like, Hey, could you explain this to me? Um, and they were able to explain it to me. They actually had to ask HR some more questions, um, because they were still confused by HR's, um, explanation. Uh, but I was able to get a lot better answers with a lot better, um, clarity as far as what to expect for maternity leave. Um, what, what to expect for coverage, what to expect for days, like my, um, days off that I could use or not use. Um, when would I get my paycheck after I went back? All of that stuff that you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. Um, so don't be afraid to ask your HR, ask them again, ask them for clarity, talk to a union member to have them, um, like, am I understanding this right? All of that good stuff. So all things to think about and important, um, when you're going on maternity leave. And I think the last thing that I would leave you with is just really enjoy your time home with your sweet baby. Um, it can be some of the, like, hardest times and most trying times. Uh, but it can be some of the best and most beautiful and blissful times as well. Um and so just enjoying that like rest and relaxation. Well maybe not the rest, but like <laughs> cozying up on the couch with your new little baby and enjoying their um their sweet little cheeks and their little face and how they breathe. All of that like is so important as uh as a mom. And it's very fleeting. (laughs) Um, I'm almost getting teary-eyed thinking about this, but like I can still picture like sitting on the couch, like holding my babies and watching them sleep and all that. And that time is like long gone. My little, my, our baby just went from a crib to a big girl bed. So it goes so, so fast. And someone once told me like, you will have your FFA kids maybe for a year, maybe four years or whatever it might be, but you have your own kids their whole life. And it is so important to build a bond and a relationship with them and care for them and nurture them to the best of your extent, um, to the best of your abilities. And so I think it's really important just to think about that and be okay taking some time for yourself and your family during like the most precious special time of of your life so I hope that's helpful I'm sure I missed stuff um I'm hoping to do a part two with some other people who have had babies and talk about their experiences as well because again it's different in every district and I'm sure in every state um and so Hopefully, I'll be able to kind of get some different perspectives on what maternity leave is like for other people as well. But if you are expecting a new little one, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Um, if you are in that first trimester, maybe even past and not feeling well, I, I feel you and I hope you feel better soon. Um, and... If you are not expecting right now, but just listening um, and trying to kind of prepare for the future, thanks for listening as well. I am so thankful for all the listeners, and I hope you all have a great and fabulous day. Bye-bye, everybody. You just finished listening to Egg with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama at two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover or view, you, yeah, you... <laughs> want to be a guest, you can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye everybody.